You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback, Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fant. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fant takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And so caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exorcise the demons of another doomed season. I have exorcised the demons. This house is clear. Okay. And we are live. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, even when he's traveling, even when he's on the road, my partner in crime, Zach Kelberman. You know him. You love him. Zach, how are things uh, in the Big Apple, my dog? Doing well. I forgot my headphones, so my apologies for being late, everyone. But, uh, you know, New York's a really incredible place, and I'm enjoying my time here. It's I, I also miss home. You know, home is – it's always where your heart is. It's not just a cliche. It's the truth. So I'm going to be excited to go back tomorrow. But And it's my mailbag, though. It's our mailbag, my favorite part of the week. I'm excited to dive in, Chad. we got some news today, too, some little nuggets of rumors to talk about. Indeed we do. And let's – before we get to the free agency-related rumor, I want to see, and maybe a lot of our listeners uh, aren't aware of this, but Nikki Jabala of The Athletic published a bombshell story that she's been working on for, she said, years, basically. And in that story, she reveals that, see, up to this point, we've known that Pat Bowen had had seven children, five with Annabelle, two with his first marriage. Turns out there's an eighth child, a love child, a, a girl, well, a woman now, of course, but a, a little girl that he had back in the 80s. And she is now being interjected into this whole court proceedings. She's not at this point, Zach, her name is Alexandra Carey. She's not trying to, you know, be a, become a part of the whole owner issue that's, it's, that's being in dispute right now in the courts in Denver, but she is wanting to be involved in the family process, connect with her, her, uh, siblings. But dude, this is like, this is getting out of hand. This is, it's like game of Thrones. It's like a soap opera. Each and every, you know, new characters getting added to this thing. What's it going to end? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to paint in somber tones here, but it's not surprising that she would come out of the woodwork now, considering the the trust is up in the air and the ownership of the team's at stake. And everyone wants a piece of that pie, Chad, but this is like an episode out of Black Mirror. This is like something you'd see out of Hollywood, out of a script, like another love child coming in. and another, It's like Shemp when he came on the Three Stooges. It was like the unknown characters. Like, who is this guy? That's It's crazy. I was surprised when he told me that. It's unbelievable. I mean, other than that, that I mean, that it's a huge revelation, obviously, that there's now a different potential player in this whole equation for Broncos ownership. Yeah. Other than that, it's a this trial that is going on that 
that Beth Bolin Wallace and the other one, Amy Clemmer, I think her name is, the two older daughters of Pat Bolin. It's going to trial in September, and there's a chance that, of course, it might not, like if it gets settled out of court or something unforeseen happens between now and then. But nothing in terms of the ownership question, Zach, has been moved forward. But what this does is, once again, cause and create scrutiny, doubt, drama surrounding yep. the Broncos' ownership. And again, when it comes on the heels of three losing seasons, eventually you just have to wonder when the NFL is going to step in and say, look, sell the team. Right. I mean, for the good of all, I think the family should get together and like realize what exactly you just laid out. They're, they're looking worse and worse by the day. It's like an episode of Jerry Springer, Chad, with all these different infighting and all this different drama. They need to settle it down. And for the good of their of their late father, for the good of their mother and their family, they have to get this squared away. I don't think the love child is going to get ownership, but it just adds another layer of complexity to an already weird situation. And by the way, her siblings had heard rumor that she existed, never knew for sure if she was real until Pat's death. And she, her name was unearthed in court documents that the family suddenly had access to. So in other words, Pat Bolin was shielding her. I don't know if you want to use hiding her, but she was disconnected from both of his, his families as it were. And I guess the two older who were from the first marriage, Beth Bolin Wallace and Amy Clemmer, <clears throat> They have sought a relationship with this new daughter, and they've been they have forged a relationship over the last you know since he passed away. Basically, they've spent time together and whatnot. From what it sounds like, the children that came by way of Annabelle, they're still kind of rolling with the punches and working on you know striking something up with this Alexandra Carey. Yeah, it's it's I don't even know how to comment at this point. It, it's all you know slow rolling slow playing drama attached to the broncos organization and i can say for certain that pat Bowen would not have wanted this chat this is the opposite of what he wanted to keep things in house but relatively acrimony free i mean it's just getting worse and worse by the day and now they're adding another child into the mix it's going to add more everyone wants their piece of the pie and it's not enough to go around i think for what it's worth, you guys, it's a phenomenal piece <clears throat> that Nikki of Nikki Jabala of the Athletic has put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into. It is high quality, top shelf journalism, and I my advice is each and every one of you go tr- check it out. Maybe you can get a trial. Far be it from me to try and uh, sell s- subscriptions for the Athletic, but <laughs> this is a phenomenal piece. But uh, got a lot to get to. Stephen jumping in from the top rope on Super Chat. We're going to grab you just one sec, Steve. And we're going to touch on Byron Jones and the buzz that has been created by Cecil Lammy about tying him to the Broncos. First, though, just a couple of really quick matters of business, you guys. Make sure you are following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You know the drill. Simply the best way to stay in touch with Zach and I and what's happening with this show in real time. And then don't forget to head on over to HuddleUpPod.com. I'll put it the URL here in the in the comment stream and check out the merch page. I'll, I'll do a little share screen toward the end of the pod, but like this hat that you can see I'm wearing here, you can get one for yourself. Bronco blue, Broncos colors, huddle up podcast, football priest hashtag, and a lot more and more coming. So you guys, when you get some time, you demanded it, you wanted it, it is there. And you guys have been hitting it hard. You know, you've been ordering merch and some swag left and right. But we want to, since we took the time to get it up there, and Zach, credit to Zach for spending so much time getting it going, we want to make sure each and every one of our listeners are aware. So we're going to continue to remind you in the in the coming weeks to check it out. So huddleuppod.com, it's in the stream. Check it out. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Zach, before we uh, grab the Byron Jones story, let's thank Stephen for his support. Appreciate you, Stephen. Thank you. uh, We got some stuff coming your way, my friend, and I have your personal details. I checked on it last night in uh, our previous correspondence, and uh, so we'll we'll be getting in touch because we we just want to say a thank you for supporting the show. It means a ton to us. Thank you, Stephen. Seriously, that's above and beyond. Appreciate it. Sorry, Chad. In, indeed. I mean, it is, especially he was he was active on Super Chat uh, on last night's show. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Stephen. Um, before we get to now, this is the Mile High Mailbag. As you guys know, we are your football priests. Each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. We love your, getting to your questions. We love answering your questions, engaging with you. Real quick, though, and maybe this will inspire a few questions and comments and a conversation here. Zach. Cecil Lammy, who does a great job over at 104.3 The Fan, <clears throat> very plugged in to the scouting community across the NFL, very plugged in at Dove Valley. He's credentialed. He's there on site each and every day. He reported um, that the Denver Broncos, Byron Jones, a guy you're familiar with having spent time this past season covering the Cowboys, mm-hmm. that they're going to make him, the Broncos are going to make Jones, their top free agent priority. Your thoughts? I, he's the best cornerback on the open market, and the Broncos definitely have a need, Chad. We, I wrote about it today. Even with or without Chris Harris Jr. until the Broncos have a need a cornerback, and I think they're going to lose Chris Harris Jr. And, you know, I'd rather, if they're going to splurge on a corner, I'd rather easily pay Byron Jones over Chris Harris Jr. But it comes down to how much Elway wants to open the checkbook. If he's not going to resign Chris, it's because he wants to save some money at that position. They do have some young players as well. I love the guy. Uh, he hasn't 
uh, produces many game-changing plays, no interceptions the last couple seasons, but he can play safety a little bit. He plays corner. And having that tandem back there, having that talent, along with Kareem Jackson, along with Justin Simmons, you're talking about the new no-fly zone that's better than the one before. So love Byron Jones, love what he brings to the table. I just think he's going to have the suitors. He's not coming back to Dallas, but he's going to have the interest to where he might price himself out of the Broncos range. I like him as a player. <clears throat> he has been, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in my throat. He's been one of those projected free agents, Zach, that you and I have been spitballing as one of the top, you know, wish list top three type guys for the Broncos to go after. Yeah. So this is this this lines up for me. And again, the Broncos are going to have north of sixty million dollars to play with. Yes, John Elway needs to be smart with that money. You don't just go splurge it. Um, however, Byron Jones is a guy that could solve a lot of problems for this defense because he's six foot one. He's two hundred pounds. What does that mean? He can line up on the outside on the boundary and go one on one with the big physical possession number one receivers and more than hold his own. He's great. He's an explosive um, click and close in terms of reading the play, having that instinct to to read and react quickly, come up, cover, and either break up the pass or stop the, the, the reception for no gain from there. And honestly, Vic Fangio's um, requirement that, that tackling is, is non-negotiable, that's no problem for Byron Jones either. But you spoke to the biggest issue and concern. Aside from the money, it's probably going to cost – I spitballed today in my article reporting this on to our readers uh, somewhere between 12 to 15 million a year to lock him up would be my guess. If you're the Denver Broncos, aside from that is the lack of ball production. He started 73 games, Zach, since he became a first round pick of the Cowboys back in 2015, only two interceptions. It boggles the mind. I mean, last year, from what I noticed, that quarterbacks were kind of shying away from his part of the field. They attacked uh, Chidobi Ouzier, which is the other uh, Cowboys cornerback. Broncos fans should be familiar with him, went to Colorado, but uh, he kind of stayed away from his side of the field. He can play shadow coverage. Like you mentioned, he plays the perimeter of the boundary very well. But yeah, you want, if you're going to pay $12, $14, 15000000 million a year for a cornerback, potentially making him among the highest paid in NFL history, you want those game-changing plays. And whether it's an interception, a forced fumble, anything, a fumble, recovery he hasn't really produced that the last couple years not to say it wouldn't happen in the Vic Fangio defense because I think Fangio's defense is better than anything the Cowboys have put out since he's been in the NFL so I'd love to see what he can do in an aggressive man zone type concept where he can go out and get the football because he's going to be targeted in Denver if he comes to the Broncos I think the, the turnovers would come then I mean, to me, the dream would be signing Jones as an outside addition and still finding a way to make peace and get Chris Harris back in the fold for mm. two or three years. I don't think it's, it's going to happen. I'm not going to project it. But look, man, that cornerback situation is effing scary. That's all I'm going to say. Let's grab a couple questions here from John on YouTube. It says, hey, guys, out here in Nebraska, what's Andy Janovich's role going to be in the Pat Shermer-led mm. offense? Well, that's limited good. question, John, and we've touched on it before, but suffice to say it's going to be extremely, as Zach just said, limited. He'll get used here and there in short yardage, but the days of the old uh, Gary Kubiak, you know, ISO blocking fullback on 60 70% of runs, that's not going to happen. He'll still make this team. He'll still make this roster, and he is a playmaker. They'll find a way to use him probably more than we're projecting right now, but it's not – he's probably one of the least excited to get Pat Shermer in terms <laughs> of usage at this stage, and who knows? Maybe we're selling Shermer short, Zach, and they'll find a lot more creative ways to get him uh, involved. 
At the very least, too, he has a lot of special teams value, so he'll be a fixture there on specials. But yeah, like you mentioned, Chad, Shermer doesn't really prioritize uh, fullbacks in his offense too much, but he's such a dynamic talent in that he can run block, he can run, and he can catch out of the backfield. So I'm sure Shermer, knowing his creative passing concepts and his aggressiveness, his his vertical offense, will try to take advantage of that. But don't think he's going to be the next star fullback in the NFL. He's going to be lucky to have his roster spot, but all the targets, it's all Cortland Sutton all day in 2020. Cartoon triple sevens on YouTube, and by the way, Cartoon, we haven't uh, been ignoring you. On uh, we've we've had a little side conversation going between us. We haven't been ignoring you. We're going to be getting back to you. Check your uh, check your email soon. We'll be touching base. But he yeah. says, "Is Brady done in the land of evil football cheaters? If so, where does he go? Can the Raiders afford him? And by the way, only one starting quarterback has won a Super Bowl with two different teams. Who is it? Peyton Manning. But yes, um. I don't know, man. I'm I'm torn on this question, Zach, because my my rational side of my football analyst mind is telling me that there's no way Tom Brady's ever going to play for anyone else, and there's no way the, that the Patriots are going to ever let him. But you never know. What say you? I as the days goes on and the rumors start to intensify, I think there's a chance he plays for the Raiders next season, even though it's not a place where I see Brady going in the twilight of his career. He wants to go to a win now team, and that's definitely not the Raiders. I could see the Chargers being in the mix, but there's no really ready made contender where he would go except for maybe the Titans. As time goes on, my gut, if you held a gun to my head right now, my gut says the Patriots are going to make him a promise and say, listen, we will upgrade your supporting cast. We will get your playmakers back. Maybe even talk Gronk out of retirement, pay him $30 million a year for one more shot, one last rodeo. He's not going to go out like that. He's not going to retire. But I think, gun in my head right now, he stays with the Patriots, a major salary increase, and a promise that they're going to upgrade the talent level around him. That is my gut prediction for Brady. All right, guys. Now, listen, you know how much we love looking forward, or we love these mailbags and look forward to them as much as we do. This one's going to be a little bit shorter than usual, and it's my fault. Well, it's my wife's fault. She's under the weather, which means I got I got some husband duties to take care of in terms of getting these, these kids fed. So we're going to get to all, as many questions as possible, all the super chats, but bear with us. And if we have to cut this one a little bit shorter, like around 30, 35 minutes, I promise you we'll make it up on Sunday. Yes. Cloud. Nine TK jumps in on super chat. Appreciate you, Thank Cloud you. Nine. It means a ton. Yes. If we sign Byron Jones, do we still resign Justin Simmons? Yes. Because we don't want to spend all that cap on the secondary. And that brings up a good point. Yes, would be my answer. But it brings up a good point because going back to my little theory there toward the end of our conversation on Jones, if you get Chris Harris resigned, and by the way, Spot Track says Chris Harris is worth about eleven point one million uh, per year over about a two year deal is what he's worth. So. He might be seeking more than that, and he might get it, but SpotTrack doesn't think he's worth much more than that because of his age, and that's the issue. So let's say you get him back $11 million per year. You sign Byron Jones, and that's 13 – let's just say 13. Split the difference between 12 and 15 and say $13 million. You're, It's starting to get – now you're in the 20s. That doesn't count what you've paid Bryce Callahan. That doesn't count what you've paid Kareem Jackson. And then Justin Simmons coming in at around $12 million per year. You got a lot of money tied up in your secondary at that stage, Zach. But I think what's going to happen is you're going to see Justin Simmons, that whole thing get figured out first yes. early on, probably before and during the legal tampering period. They'll franchise tag him if they can't get a deal done. That's out of the way. And then they know what they have to earmark for him in 2020, and then they can attack free agency. 
Justin Simmons is the first domino to fall. He is the biggest priority over Chris Harris Jr., over any outside of player like Byron Jones. Once he falls, which he will, he'll get his contract or, at worst, the franchise tag. Then they can look to supplement the secondary. The good thing is, Chad, they have the, the money to bring in multiple players and resign their own as well. It's not either or. Though, to answer the question, I think it's more likely they sign Simmons and Chris Harris Jr. versus Simmons and Byron Jones. I just think you mentioned he'll be a little cheaper and he already knows the system. But there's no um, – it's definitely a possibility they can bring in Byron Jones and re-sign Justin Simmons. But Simmons is a certainty. He's guaranteed to come back. He is not leaving. And it's just a matter of who they put in that defensive backfield at cornerback, either Chris Harris Jr. or Byron Jones or maybe even a rookie draft pick. Wayne jumps in on Facebook. He says, with Cortland Sutton being a second-round pick, and if we take a wide receiver at 15 to be the number two guy, do you think Sutton would be a possible holdout for a new deal? No, Wayne, because I'm pretty sure he's not even eligible for an extension until, well, this will be year three, actually, now that I think about it. He's a second-round pick. He might be now. Ah, just Now I'm doubting myself. I don't think so, though. Even if, even if he does have the means to hold out and get a new contract, Zach, I don't see that coming from Cortland Sutton. I don't either. He's he's too much of a, a Bronco through and through, and he's so appreciative for the organization taking a chance on him. And this is where he he grew up from a, a fairly nondescript draft pick into a household name in the NFL. So I don't see him holding out. I even think he'd give the Broncos some sort of hometown discount on his expected future long-term deal. George wants to know how to donate. It's only possible if you're watching the show live on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, Type in Mile High Huddle. You can subscribe to the channel. Then you'll be notified every time we go live. And through that is how you can support the show financially on Super Chat if you so choose. And, of course, we appreciate even the consideration. Sean jumps in. Cunningham, $15 donation you, on Sean. Super Chat. Appreciate you. You are the man, Sean. Thank you. He says, any chance we take two starting corners in free agency? We touched on this already a little bit. I do think there's a chance. And and the reason being is, yes, you got to get that domino to fall with with Simmons so that you know what you're working with. But this is a huge gaping hole in that defense right now. It's Bryce Callahan. It's uh, showed some signs of progress, Devontae Bosby, and then it's a cliff. So this is something that, you know, frankly, they're going to have to address, and it's going to take some free agent dollars to do it, I think. I think it's it's definitely a possibility. Either whether it's Byron Jones and Chris Harris Jr., Byron Jones and you know Logan Ryan or Ronald Darby, they need help in the secondary. Chad behind Chris Harris Jr., like I wrote, there's a bunch of no ones. When Bosby is your best player in the secondary behind Chris Harris Jr., you have an issue. I'm not counting Bryce Callahan because he has to prove he's even healthy enough to continue contribute to the secondary but then you have elijah holder duke dawson uh Devontae harris these are all relative no names or subpar players so yeah they need to invest in that secondary at safety and at corner like you always mentioned it's a bigger need than most realize people talk about receiver and tackle but cornerback is also right up there this is the overtime podcast network Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Christy jumping back in on Super Chat, supporting the cause. Thank you, Christy. She says, hope you all have a happy Valentine's Day tomorrow. Same to you. Same to all of our listeners. Very nice. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Peyton wants to know on YouTube, is there a chance we get A.J. Bouye and Byron Jones? 
he's one of those options. But I don't think Zach AJ's been cut yet. He yeah right yeah he's he's a potential cap casualty along with Calais Campbell there in Jacksonville. So that's a that's something that uh, we'd have to see happen first. Stu jumps in. Stu super chat salute you as can be. Thank you so much, Stu. We love you, bro. You got some stuff coming your way, as you know. We talked about that yesterday. I put in an order in the merch store for you. And I would guess you're going to see that probably first to next, first to middle of next week sometime. Antonio from the top rope. Thank you. Chat. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Antonio. Even though we've only had a preview of Drew Locke, do you think Locke can beat Mahomes if it comes to a quarterback shootout? Hashtag Broncos country. Zach, I am of the opinion that the Broncos, the only way to vanquish the Chiefs, is to fight fire with fire. And that means not only Drew Locke doing his part, but the team doing their part in surrounding Locke with the necessary weapons. I'm a lot more optimistic that they're going to be able to do that and contend from an X's and O's perspective with with Pat Shermer coming in. But there's still that one or two missing pieces from a skill position perspective they're going to need for me to say, yes, it can happen. Now, Antonio, translation, what that means is holler back after the draft, and we will answer that question more definitively. Yeah, that's the, the that's the golden key for the Broncos to unseat the Chiefs in the AFC West, the reigning Super Bowl champions, as weird as that is to say. You have to match their offense and at least compete in that 24-28 point range when they do meet, and that falls on Drew Locke. On paper, they have the franchise quarterback. They have, I think, the coaching staff now, and they have the surrounding some of the surrounding weapons. Like Chad mentioned, though, if they can get the pieces in place, a couple offensive linemen and a wide receiver too, and everything goes according to plan, you're going to see some serious, serious shootouts, not just this season, for, for the next decade to come. And I would venture to guess the Broncos would be on top of those shootouts more often than not going forward if Locke pans out. Amen. Steve jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Says, my brother went to college with Johnny Bolin. Said he was a drunken mess. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Blood of the Blood City. Of the, yeah. know that story, right? <laughs> yep. Um, and what's crazy is I do, you know, Johnny is, is of the opinion that that's who his dad had in mind of taking over. This is laid out in Nikki's piece, by the way. Again, check out the Nick, Nikki Jabbala piece on The Athletic. But he, and he was even being groomed, had a job with the Broncos, but uh, unceremoniously, I can't remember the exact circumstance. Long story short, parted ways. Then he ha- he got arrested uh, for the whole blood of the city thing. He's spoken disparagingly of his sisters on social media. Basically, a, um, an animal on social media has since taken his ball and moved to California, waiting to see how things unfold. But yeah, he's he's a weird dude and <laughs> one of those kind of twisted kids of privilege. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, be slanderous or, you know, character defamation, but there's always a black sheep in every family, even a billionaire family, and that happens to be John Bolin. It's just the comments that he digs his own grave, though. I mean, the comments that he makes is so outlandish and so ridiculous. The blood of the city thing is alcohol problems. So I absolutely uh, believe your story. I do, too. Sean jumps in on Super Chat. Thank Thank you, you, Sean. Again. Part two of my original question, do you see the Broncos signing two starting corners out of free agency while filling the remaining offensive line, linebacker, and wide receiver in the draft and free agency? Sorry, guys. Thank you. Go Broncos. Sean, you are the man. We appreciate the support, my friend. Um, Yes, I can see it happening. I think they're going to have to make two outside moves at the cornerback position, and maybe it shakes out, Zach, to be one in free agency, one in the draft. That's what I'm thinking. But offensive line, linebacker, you know, this is a year they could afford to get by one one more year because Davis is under contract for this last season. 
they could afford to get by without going crazy on linebacker. But offensive line and wide receiver in the draft is what I – they might sign a guard in, in free agency. We'll see. I don't expect it. Well, they're going to have the cap space. I don't know, man. This is one of those off-seasons, Zach, where a lot of times you can say, you know, you go into an off-season and you, they go, well, he's got they got $24 million to work with. And you can kind of pick your shot in terms right. of saying, look, it's pretty obvious what they're going to do with this money. This time there are so many needs, A. B, there's so much money in cap space. We know what the needs are, and there are a lot three different factors it's hard to kind of zero in on what exactly it's it's going to be but but yeah i think offensive line wide receiver though are going to be more draft oriented and we'll see if they end up um going linebacker perfectly said and it, it is a weird offseason in the sense like just as you mentioned the broncos have so much cap space and so much capital in their war chest with which to play around with it's not like either or I do think they will pick up two starting caliber quarterbacks this offseason, but I do think one will come via the draft. Whether that's a first-round pick or a third, fifth, whatever, they're going to pick up two corners for sure, but I think they'll diversify what they do between the draft and free agency. Terry Randall, our friend up in Canada, proving once again that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Appreciate you, Terry. What are your thoughts on the second-tier free agent wide receivers read an article about Robinson from the chiefs, a poor man's Amari Cooper. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to him, but you know, I think Randall Cobb is probably one of those second tier free agent wide out Zach that I would be yeah. a lot more interested in seeing coming to Denver than, than Robinson, to be honest with you. I think Robinson, it's all essentially guaranteed. He's going to the Eagles. There's been a lot of chatter about that and they've been linked to him for a while now. So I think that's going to happen. And even if he didn't, I'm not a big fan of his, his playmaking ability or lack thereof. The Broncos need a true burner and that's not what Demarcus Robinson is. Dustin on Facebook says, Hey guys, I read an article today that Denver could possibly trade a third rounder for Darius Slay. What are your thoughts? He only has a $10 million cap hit in his last year on his contract. Look, if you could get Darius Slate for a third-round pick, I jump. mean, you, you yeah. jump on that and don't look back. The $10 million cap hit is just the cost of doing business, and he's worth that money. But I think if the if the Lions do indeed try to trade Darius Slay, I think they can and will get a second-round pick for him. Yes. I, I answered this question on Twitter. I don't know where the third-rounder is coming in, but this is a guy they were looking to trade at the deadline last year, and they didn't because the price was so high for him. This is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and as Chris Harris Jr. showed, they're expensive and they're costly. They're not going to give up him for a third-round pick. It's going to take a first and a third or some sort of combination of picks. Then it becomes too costly for the Broncos, but not just a third. No way that's happening. Our friend Mark, super chat, superstar, jumps in. $5 donation. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you, Mark. He says, just wanted to say what's up, my guys. Chad, nice hat. Mark, we're going to be getting you one of these soon, buddy. So, in fact, you should email us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let's get your personal deets. If we haven't done that before, I don't think we have. Hit me up, dude. Brian jumps in on super chat with a $2 donation. Thank Appreciate you, Brian. Brian. It means a ton, buddy. Good to see you back, too. Amen to that. All right, let's see what we got here. Holden wants to know on YouTube, do you think Brandon Scherf will hit free agency? If so, will we make a run for him? I do think he's going to hit free agency. Yeah, Sam. And he's one of the two guards I could see the Broncos really rolling out some dollars. Him and Joe uh, Thune from, or Tooney, however you pronounce it. It's (laughs) T-H-U-N-E-Y. I've heard Thune. I've heard Tooney. But the Patriots interior player, those are the two (laughs) free agent guards I could see the Broncos rolling out some coin for. Yeah, we'll call him Joey T to make it easier on both of us. So, uh, yeah, Scherf is definitely going to hit the open market because I think the Redskins will keep Trent Williams in tow and they can only really pay one of them. Um, But 
he's a guy I'd love to have, but his injury concerns, he ended the last couple of years on IR. So we have to see how his medicals check out, how, you know, he is going forward. He's getting up there in age now. I'd love to have him, but it's cost prohibitive considering his injury history. All right, let's see what else we got here, guys. We're sitting at about 27 minutes. We got probably five or so left, and then I got to, I got to beg off for tonight. But again, we'll make it up to you guys. I promise you on uh, Sunday's pod. Let's see what we got here from Aaron Lynch on Super Chat. $20 donation. Thank Aaron, you, Aaron. Appreciate you, a lot. Thank you. He says, I'm not against signing Byron Jones, but his production has declined over the years. Tackles are half of what they were in 2016. Mid-80s QBR allowed in coverage and only two picks. Can the Fangio defense be the difference for him to be great? Aaron, I think it could be. And I'm with you. Like his own Byron Jones' only truly great season was 2018, and unsurprisingly, it came with a Pro Bowl and a Second Team All Pro nod. Right. That's been his only like. That's when he became. He went from a guy you kind of are aware of that's a former first round pick to legit NFL shutdown caliber corner. And that was also, by the way, 2018, his first full season playing corner. Doing my research on him. He played all over in the defensive backfield, safety corner, nickel. Yeah. Uh, in those first three years, year four, he's finally playing uh, corner. Has a great season. This last season, Zach, you you got to see that a lot closer. But I think Fangio's scheme, you know, Von Miller's the exception. In most cases, Fangio's scheme brings out the best in edge defenders, defensive line, linebackers, corners, safeties. I mean, an argument can be made that we talk about it being a safety-friendly defense. It's a defensive, smart defensive player friendly defense, Zach. And so, yeah, yeah. I, could, I, I think Jones would be a really good fit, to be honest with you, in Fangio's kind of more zone based scheme because he's so good at reading the play and then reacting. His, his click and close, his, his explosiveness in that department, I could see him really thriving. Hey, just look at Justin Simmons. He went from being a borderline star, a borderline pro bowler, and he just exploded in Fangio's defense. So I'm right there with you, Chad. If the Broncos sign Byron Jones, he is going to get an interception. He is going to make plays. He just fits this defense a lot better than anything he's dealt with in Dallas. And like you said, 2018, he showed what his upside can be, but he still has that untapped potential. He's still young, terrific upside, terrific versatility. You put him in this Broncos defense, I think he'd thrive. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, we got Kareem Gomez on Facebook with a question on as it relates to uh, second-tier defensive line free agents that Elway could bring in. Let's take a quick look here, Zach, at uh, Spot Track, and I'll do a quick share screen. We got a little bit of time. Bear with me, you guys. I'm going to do a quick sh- uh, share screen here, and you guys can join us in taking uh, a ganders here at what's going to be available. You can see at the very top, it's Jadeveon Clowney. He's more of an edge, right? But this is – you start getting into defensive tackles. I'm looking here on the second tier. You got the likes of, again, a lot of edge guys. Gerald McCoy's in there. He's 32, though. Uh, let me keep going. Leonard Williams, he's going to cost an arm and a leg, and he's going to be unrestricted, so he's an option. I would say Jordan Phillips in Buffalo is one to keep an eye on, Kareem. Um, let me keep going here. Man, they got Eric Armstead buried on this list for some bizarre reason. Let me keep looking. I would say Timmy Jernigan is an eye to you know keep an eye on him. Chris Jones is certainly not second tier, and they've got him buried down here. I don't know how they're ranking these That's guys. That's weird, yeah. Um, I'm not seeing Reader. Where's Reader? 
There's there's a few guys, but I think Jordan Phillips, and this is a guy Eric Trickles talked a lot about as being kind of a low-key second-tier guy. But, you know, I think Elway's going to make a few splash signings, quite a few. But then he's also going to have the means, Zach, to make a few of those Darian Stewart caliber, Terrence Knighton caliber, yes. under-the-radar signings that appear as value up front that go on to pay dividends down the road. One player you mentioned that I would love in this defense is Jordan Phillips. That's like a, a Purcell on steroids. And I think uh, if the Broncos can get someone like that to push their defense in the middle, that would make up for the loss of Shelby Harris and potentially Derek Wolf as well. Not a really you know, standout class. I don't want Sue. I don't want any of those retread expensive volatile players. It's really a picked over market. But like you said, Chad, I think Elway will look to fill the position in with those mid-tier guys, those guys that play a significant part on the defense and you look in December and say, wow, he was an integral part of the scheme. So they have the means to do that. I don't think they're going to blow the, the top off the bank. Anyone on the open market, offensive tackle, unless it's another one. Javon Hargrave from Pittsburgh is another guy to answer Kareem, uh, Kareem's uh, question there. So yeah, there's going to be some options there. All right, guys, we got time for a few more. I don't want to miss any of your super chat questions. So bear with me. I'm going to, we grabbed hold in there on, uh, on his Scherf question, let's pop here. Brian on Super Chat. Sorry, been missing the pod. Brian, what's going on, Doc? You plan around the pod, my friend. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, busting your cojones. Appreciate the support, Thank man. You. It's good yes. to see you. Uh, Joseph on Super Chat. Any chance on bringing back Tlaib to a mm-hmm. team-friendly deal for corner depth? High chance of Harris Jr. signing with Casey. So the first one, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if they did work out something to bring him back. I don't, I'm not pre- predicting that. I'm just telling you, it wouldn't surprise me, although he just hasn't been able to stay healthy since he left Denver, and he's old. He's yeah. at least 32. The idea of Harris signing in KC, as we talked about, if it wasn't on yesterday's pod, it was the one before. That is an idea that has continued to build up momentum, and it. Chris Harris Jr. has helped in that department, Zach, building up momentum. He's retweeted multiple stories connecting him to Kansas City. Yeah, Talked about it, that he would be a good fit on the Rich Eisen show with Kansas City. So, I would say um, it's a solid chance that he could land in KC. But again, you know, you got to think about your legacy in Denver, too. I mean, yeah, you want to get paid, you want to go win, but you're also a shoe in ring of famer at this stage. You don't want to soil the team, you don't want to soil the fans against you. He also cares about money, first and foremost. So if the Chiefs come calling with a $13 million, $14 million check, I think he's going to go there and, and forget you know, his Broncos pass. But in terms of keep Tlaib, I agree with what you said about uh, Chris Harris Jr., but Tlaib, I don't see that at all. I, I, The Bridgers are badly burned between him and John Elway, and it'd be like Emmanuel Sanders coming back. You just don't see it happening. It's just not a viable scenario. Brian wants to know, are you guys still thinking of having fans on live streams and maybe players, former or current? On the players thing? You know, it's easier said than done, and it takes a lot of legwork dealing with agents, dealing with PR departments. We're not saying that's never going to happen on the show. It just takes a lot of uh, legwork before you, you you get the first guy on. As uh, as far as fans are concerned, as we've said before, and in the very recent past, this week, in fact, we have some plans with our uh, with our Super Chat superstars. We're going to start working them in not only on social media with gear, when you guys b- go to the huddleuppod.com, well, huddleuppod.com, and buy merch. We want you to tag us on social media with a picture so that we can feature you on our social media. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then, yeah, we're going to start working, Zach. We haven't exactly figured out how we're going to do it and the the best way to keep the content good and so that it's not only for our superstars on Super Chat where we're rewarding them and 
having them take it on a more prominent role in the show. But Zach, we also have to figure out a way we're trying to come up with a creative way to also make sure it's still compelling content for all of our listeners who are tuning in for that show. So we're, we're we're still working through it. It's a catch 22 for sure. But anyone who buys huddle up pod gear, shoot us a picture. We'll feature you on the show. We want to do that for sure. We want to, you know, spotlight you guys who are supporting the show and hopefully you guys like your gear, but yeah, Chad and I talk all the time. We want to get our listeners involved and we will very, very soon. We have some things in the works. One more here, a good one from Kareem. This is something I've been seeing a lot more on uh, building up momentum on social media. The idea of Case Keenum coming back to Denver as a backup in order to reunite with Pat Shermer. I'll tell you what, if you could get Case Keenum on a few million bucks a year deal, I wouldn't be opposed to it because he's the perfect non-threatening backup quarterback for Drew Locke that can not only help him, you know, be that, uh, you know, that, not only a mentor type, but someone you can bounce ideas off of. And he's not going to threaten the job, Zach. He's not, no one's going to mistake him for a, a threat to be the starter. But the problem is, Kareem, there's so much water under that bridge, and there's, there's the idea. I mean, Brock Osweiler returning, that's a rarity. Most of the time, Zach, John Elway wants a player or a free agent who has come and gone. The, Elway usually doesn't rekindle anything. It's right. Guys, that's it. Yes. I mean, X's are X's for a reason. I think Elway follows that, you know, that that notion to a T. Call me petty or whatever. I don't want Case Keenum, though, anywhere near Drew Locke. I don't want him poisoning the well. I don't want Drew Locke looking over his shoulder. I don't want the narratives to come out that, oh, maybe Case Keenum in his second stint could be better than his first stint. Keep him the heck away from this organization. Get any other veteran quarterback you want. Don't go back to Case Keenum. Don't go back to Joe Flacco, Simeon, Osweiler. You, they had their time. Now it's Drew Locke's time. All right, last one here, guys, and then we got to cut you loose for today from Keith Flores on YouTube. He says, do you think Isaiah Simmons would be worth trading up for? Zach, I'm not interested in giving up all my third-round picks this year, which the Broncos have three. My second, maybe even a first to try and move into the top five. I'm not interested in that. And it might take that if you want to guarantee Isaiah Simmons. If he's there, come pick 10, and it takes an extra third, maybe two, to move up and grab him. I'm considering it, but it would – I mean, I would have to be absolutely convinced that he would be a 10-year starter for me. Right. It's it's going to be too much. He's going to go probably in the top seven, eight picks, and the Broncos would have to surrender their entire draft class or, and or players to move up for a guy who's not a quarterback. Like we talk about, Chad, the only way you make that move is for a franchise quarterback. As good as Simmons is, he's not worthy of selling the farm for. They can get another corner in free agency. They can get a corner in the first round, second round, whatever. Simmons isn't the guy, though, or the linebacker, or anything on defense. They don't have to trade up for a non-quarterback is my point. Okay, I lied two more because I didn't want to. I almost missed Ron's super chat. I'm glad I scrolled back up. Thank you, Ron. We appreciate you. Thank you, Ron. Supporting the show and being so consistent, my friend. He says Hicks, uh, Akeem Hicks, Randall Cobb, Byron Jones, and free agency, O line, and speedy wideouts in the draft. Harris Jr. is not an option. Too expensive and getting burnt in clutch moments. Nah. I know, man. It's, look, it's. Sometimes you have to face the facts, and the truth is Chris Harris Jr., just he was solid last year, but when he had his lapses, Zach, they just came at the most inopportune yeah. times. Yeah. And you got to wonder, what, what do you attribute that to? Is it the role that Fangio carved out for him that he wasn't suited for? Was it Fangio's scheme? Was it him just getting old? Like there are some serious – like that's why it's not a slam dunk. That's why the Broncos haven't aggressively already tried to keep him in Denver because they don't know. They're not sure. 
and so we can't be either. I mean, if you ask Chris Harris Jr., it's everyone's fault but his. It's Justin Simmons or Kareem Jackson. It's everyone on defense's fault but Chris Harris Jr. So I love this haul, though. I really do. I think if the Broncos sign these three players, they'd be instant contenders, and they can go in the draft picking anyone they want, any position, BPA, all seven rounds. So I would not mind this haul at all, Chad. All right, let's grab this one from Buana Beast. This is him, I think, trying to articulate his question from yesterday that you and I couldn't quite understand. So I'm going to read this to you, Zach. You answer. Make sure you get it first, and then I'll jump in. He says, if the Broncos were to offer a future first-rounder in 2021, what draft value would that bring this year? And if you can get a late first-round pick in 2020, who would you want selected considering we still have two? Considering we still have two. I'm confused. That last part I don't get. Let's go back to the first part. If the Broncos were to offer a future first rounder in 2021, what draft value would that bring in this year? Well, it could get the Broncos. It could be enough to get the Broncos into the top. Like, let's say between pick five and pick 10. If they give up this year's first rounder and next year's first rounder, if it was just next year's first rounder, I'm not sure what that would really do for them if they wanted to also pick pick state pick 15 i don't know it's hard to say but uh if the broncos were to offer a future first round in 2021 what draft value would that bring this year what what do you say is that i agree with you It can get them to seven or eight it's not going to get them to the top five but they can get you know move up seven eight spots in the draft to get a simmons or get a jeffrey okuda get someone like that but again i would not sell the farmer give up that first round pick for a guy who's a non-quarterback. So it's just, I think it's immaterial at this point. And I think for some reason, Buana, we're still not quite connecting with you on that. And I apologize, my friend. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we're still not quite grasping exactly what you're trying to say. You know, we love you. We know we, you know, we appreciate you. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you, keep an eye on you here in the comment stream. All right. This is for sure. The last one. And then I do have to go guys. Bill 1293 on YouTube. He says, I've heard some rumors that the Broncos are in talks with Will Parks on a new deal. How true or not is this? Thanks. I've heard that Will Parks is very much in their plans to keep him around. I don't know exactly yet if they if, if he's been offered a new contract, but I think he's a guy that depending on what he's going to be allowed to test the market. If he gets out there and finds a bullish market, the Broncos will let him go. You know, if they can get him back on a deal similar to, you know, like the Jeff Hireman deal where it's three, four, five million tops a year and it's two or three year extension. And now you have that versatile, you know, uh, stopgap band-aid guy that can wear multiple hats for you in the, in the defensive backfield. The Broncos are interested in that, but Zach, they're not going to bring him back at a premium because he just hasn't been that caliber of player for him. Right. Even though he's got a heart the size of Colorado, like his teammates and his coaches love him. It's just a matter of production on the field. Yeah, Hart is, doesn't show up in the stack column. So I mean, he's not going to get starters money. I think he can get that on the open market elsewhere. I think he could start for about a third of the NFL teams, and it's just a matter of his value. As for a third safety, though, I would not want the Broncos to splurge on him, especially when you consider if they do sign Byron Jones, he can moonlight at safety. So you're getting two players in one, and I'll have to pay Will Parks. And it would be a gigantic upgrade. You know, No questions about that either. If my wife divorces me, you guys, one of the Huddle Up podcast <laughs> listeners is going to have to let me crash on your couch, okay? Or donate Pickle, a lot of Super Chat. <laughs> Pickle in F52302596. Uh, uh, he says, hell yeah, Zach and Chad. Hey, fellas, what about trading a future first-round pick for Stefan Diggs? Hell to the no, my friend. No way. 
Why is this a thing? Why is this a narrative with Stefan Diggs? He doesn't even fit the Broncos offense as well as, uh, you know, a Chenault would, or in my opinion, a Ruggs would, a true speed demon wide receiver who would cost a fraction of Stefan Diggs. He'd be younger and potentially have more upside in this offense. I don't want his contract. I don't want to give up a first round pick for him. I don't want Stefan Diggs. I might be in the minority. I just don't want the guy. And we're not saying that, uh, Pickle, to minimize your question. It's just that no, no. we don't. Oh, Nick Klinger off YouTube. He says, Bro, Stefan Diggs is a hell of a proven speedy receiver. He's a really good receiver. Don't get us wrong. But you have a similar receiver already in Cortland Sutton. So giving up a first-round pick, you need a compliment. You need a receiver that's going to cover you. areas that Sutton doesn't in terms of you know, speed, straight-line speed, short area quickness, open-field ability. And that's not necessarily Diggs's forte. Okay? So that's all we're trying to say. And, and so if it comes at a premium – you're cutting off your nose despite your face. It's just not worth it, my friend. Um, that it's just bad business to give up a, a pick and absorb a big contract when you can literally draft a better guy, a better scheme fit for this offense, and have to pay him a tenth of what you're paying Stephon Diggs, and also don't have to necessarily use a first round pick on the guy. So I am not in favor of that move at all. I don't know where that's coming from. Black Knight, he wants to know about Mackenzie Alexander. You know, I don't want to neglect you, Black Knight. We love you. So I saw you at the bottom of the comment stream. Uh, he says, I know Jones is the top target, but Alexander is younger and, than Jones, and the stats are <clears throat> almost the same as Jones. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but um, I'm still, I've still got Jones high on my list, Zach. Yeah, is same as well. If they're going to splurge on a cornerback, I'd rather go after the best corner on the open market or maybe even then look to rekindle with Chris Harris Jr. But Mackenzie Alexander, nice little role player to have, but definitely not a starting caliber guy I want in a Vic Fangio defense. This is the other aspect that Cartoon's bringing up here on as it relates to Stefan Diggs. <clears throat> Man, he's just he's kind of known as a little bit of a head case diva. I mean, he personifies that. Broncos finally got, got out of that kind of juju when they traded Emmanuel Sanders right. away. You don't need it back. But, guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us live for this Mile High Mailbag. We are your football priests, and we love answering your questions and having you contribute to the conversation. It means the world to us, and especially a Mile High salute to all of our Super Chat superstars tonight. Thank you guys. guys. So awesome. We appreciate you. Let me just want really quick before we bounce out of here, this is for Zach and I, our last pod of the week. We'll be back, of course, on Sunday. But let me turn your attention really quick to huddleuppod.com, to the merch store. Yes, there's currently six items. There's a couple, few different hoodie options, this hat that you see me wearing. There's a blue T-shirt, a white T-shirt, and it's got your name on it. So go check it out. It's just a, it's another organic, simple way of supporting the show and then getting some swag going out there and representing MHH and the Huddle Up podcast in style. So you guys go check that out. HuddleUpPod.com. And Zach, safe travels back from the Big Apple, my friend. Appreciate you, Chad. I will see you Sunday and everyone else Sunday. And the questions that we didn't get to, guys, we promise we will answer on our episode on Sunday night. Amen to that. We'll be back 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday night. You guys have a great weekend. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody, all you lovebirds out there. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. I'm going to go save my marriage right now. <laughs> Catch you guys on Sunday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.